How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are the Rain and Jays, John Corrales and Jay King, coming at you with a lot today. We're going to hear from Brad Stevens. We're going to hear from Jay Crowder, the talking about the backcourt. Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart. Uh, Gerald Green is gone full Zen Master, which blows my mind. We're going to hear, talk about that a little bit. <laughs> and. Right? Like, come on. I still look at Gerald Green like he's that 19-year-old kid. So, anyway, we'll get to that. He's no longer that 19-year-old kid. No, he's not. He's not. Now he's the Zen master. He's the Jackson Jr. over here. Yeah. Oof, crazy. And, hey, you know what? One of the draft and stash guys came up really, really big this weekend. So, we'll talk about that. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. Remember to download the SeatGeek app. Put in the promo code LOCELTICS. You're going to get $20 back after making your first purchase on the SeatGeek app. So make sure you do that today and use that to make your next ticket purchase. Okay, so we've seen a few preseason games here. And one thing that we've, we've talked a little bit about, Jay, is the backcourt, Terry Rozier. And, and he is looking okay. He's looked good mm-hmm. in some spurts, but then he hasn't looked good in some others. So I want to say mostly positive, but not overly positive for Terry Rozier. Yeah, that, that's that's a pretty po- nice assessment right there. I, I mean, there have been halves where he hasn't looked good and the second unit hasn't looked good partially because of that. And then there have been halves where he's drained all sorts of jumpers and gotten rebounds. And been more, more of a disruptive playmaker. So, yeah, it's it's kind of what I think we should have expected from him. He didn't really have any playing time as a rookie, and when he did play as a rookie, he was just like like standing on the side and not really involved in the offense, not really involved in, in what was going on. Now he's being asked to make plays and to lead the second unit. So, very different role for him this season. I I, I think it should be expected that he hasn't been thoroughly consistent through three preseason games right and it's a different it's a completely different atmosphere for him to to be thrust into this and to be talked up so much really we heard very early in this preseason from Danny Ainge that Terry was going to be the backup point guard he is the guy and when you look at this this backcourt Rozier is kind of more point guardish than Marcus Smart and beyond that, Marcus Smart is so versatile that he's going to be needed to do a lot of different things. So to lock him into the primary ball handler position 
off of the bench is almost too limiting for him because you need him to be in different spots. If you if you want to go small or, or maybe just play him off the ball, you want to be able to do that, and you need to have somebody else who can handle the ball. And Rozier kind of fits more of that point guardish mold. So it's not surprising that he's going to take a little bit of time for him to kind of get into that 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 mindset. Yeah, and I, I think he'll grow as the season progresses. He's only 22. You know, he came out of college, and nobody really expected him to be the number 16 pick. And he just kind of progressed behind the scenes, mostly as a rookie in the D-League, uh, at practices, played some minutes in the playoffs, played some minutes toward the end of the season. And now he's just, just kind of growing into what the team needs him to be, which is that playmaker. Yeah, and- I think that's the biggest question mark right now is how smart and Rozier handle the playmaking responsibilities for the second unit. Yeah, that's it. That's That's the biggest question. That really is one of the big storylines for the Celtics this season, how that dynamic works. Uh, Brad Stevens today in practice did talk about this. He really interesting because he references, he references the main and his growth in Maine, but he said very, something very interesting about Rozier trying to prove himself versus playing basketball. Let's listen to Coach Stevens and what he had to say. Right now, for all of us, it's about growing and improving. And if they can keep that mindset when they're not playing, then, you know, I think Terry Rozier is a great example. He didn't play a lot last year. He came in and played the D-League, then he went and played um, in the playoffs for us, and he's improved greatly. It's like I told him today, like, we all know you can play. Like, at the end of the day, it's not about proving that you can play about making sure we make the right basketball plays as much as possible. Again, that goes 1 through 20 for us. Okay, now I love that bit about just go out and play ball. We know you can play. You don't have to prove that you can play. And I just wonder now, now that he brought it up, maybe some of that, if you look back on what Rozier has done over the past few games... Maybe some of it has been a little bit of that. Maybe he's trying to prove to, I don't know, himself, the fans, his teammates, that he does deserve this role when really he should just say, okay, I have this role and I just got to go play ball. Yeah, and I think he's just young, man. It, it's it's to be expected of a young point guard. What what I've noticed and in, in what, what I think Brian Scalabrini said on one of the, the telecasts he he just he's like it's like 100 miles per hour instead of waiting for things to develop like Isaiah Thomas might and then wait for the opportunities and burst through the, the hole he's he he doesn't wait for screens all the time he he's he's going like making dribble moves when he when he doesn't have to like kind of and and Jay Crowder said some stuff about that too which I thought was interesting uh, I guess we can hear that too yeah, hear let's, that let's yeah. listen to it what is that those guys are, Good up and down players, they play at a fast pace. You just want them to play smart. Just with you, they had a little bit more, and that's what I was telling you guys. But they played great to me. I think Terry, the time he was in before he got injured, uh, he was playing aggressive and playing great. So I just want to be uh, taking that leadership role even more and try to lead those guys. Which even you tell them to be smart, especially in the You know, you know Terry, he's so fast, and he just um, he, he, he gets downhill pretty fast. Man. Instead of standing four, sometimes he try to go one on one and. He can make the play, but coach may not like it as much. Uh, but I know he's a great player, great player. And I just want him to get more savvy uh, with his head and get, get more smart. Same with Smart. Smart has shown a lot of uh, growth in his, um, 
him what he brings to the court and his happiness. Jay, you've been where a lot of these young guys are now as far as not playing a lot early on. What's the key to not getting discouraged? Because a lot, I mean, you guys, there's a reason why you guys are in the NBA, because you were able to play. You stay in this gym when you guys leave. I think that's the biggest key. You stay in the gym when no one else is here. Don't get too down on yourself because you are you have one of the best jobs in the world. You're playing professional basketball. Uh, just take it day by day. Just come to work every day. Listen, uh, and practice and do and have a, and treat practices like games. I think that's what I that's why it's installed in me to treat practices like games. Because when I wasn't playing, that's what I've been doing practice, and that's why I want to get better. Uh, so when the guys just you need to stay in the gym when they're not playing, don't get too discouraged, uh, and have some some good people around you. Okay, Jay, they're now saying play smart and play intelligently. He also referenced Marcus Smart in, in the same thing. And it's funny because it feels like Smart has been here forever. This is his third season. He's only been here one year more than Rozier. So Rozier going into his second season, Smart going into his third season, they're both kind of in the same boat in that their roles are going to grow and be a little bit more defined, which is Weird for Marcus Smart because Mar- Marcus Smart's defined role is in itself undefined. You know what I mean? Like he's he's going to play a lot of positions, but that's that's his role. That's what he does on this team. So it's just more about slowing down. I think I remember my coach in college always used to say, "Slow down to speed up," which just meant stop going as fast as you possibly can. Just go as fast as you can while still being in control. So you slow down a little bit. But you do everything so much crisper and you get it right on the first try that everything sort of speeds up afterwards, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? So I think, I think that works with these guys. They, you need to stop going 100 miles an hour, like Crowder said. Dial it back to 90 miles an hour and you'll get to where you need to be actually faster. Yeah, and just wait for things to develop. Wait, wait for openings, spot openings. That's, that's the toughest thing for, for a point guard. I assume in point guard growth is learning how to read the pick and rolls and, and knowing, okay, if this happens, this is what I have to do. And if, if this happens, I've got to react differently. So Rozier is still figuring that out a little bit. He, he's had some really promising moments. So his development as a shooter, he is, he has really started to knock down shots, beautiful jumps, jump shot. He, he's hit mid range jumpers off the dribble. He's hit threes. He's hit threes off the dribble Spot up threes, really promising from a shot making standpoint. Now he just has to kind of develop and 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 become a better point guard because the second unit needs it, and the second unit will benefit a lot when Kelly Linick returns, whenever that is, because he's so much better offensively than either Jarebko or Zeller. But for now, and, and even even after Olenek gets back, you still need that point guard. And you still need to figure out how to score points when Isaiah Thomas is on the bench. Last year, it was with Evan Turner handling the ball. He's gone, so got, got to figure out new ways to, to create good shots. I Just as an aside before we continue, we I think we've both completely done the 180. I think we're both in on Olenek coming off the bench now. Just Yeah, just because... They need more offense. Yeah. The, the first unit's offense is going to be A-OK defense. I think I'm I'm sold that the starters are going to be a very good lineup. This, the bench needs offensive help, and Olenek provides more of that than anybody. His his impact on the team offense is huge because he's a seven-footer who can put the ball on the floor a little. He can shoot 
threes. He can do a, a lot of different things offensively. His impact on other guys, he, he lifts them up. And he's going to make things easier for Rozier. He's going to make things easier for Smart. I, I think with 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 Olenek in a second unit, it makes sense. I, I didn't I, I would have wanted him in the first unit before before seeing the the, the starters in action in preseason. But it, the bench just needs more pop, and Olinick is the easiest way to do that I com- by putting him with I'm completely with you. I'm com- I've completely changed my position. We spent all summer talking about know, right? Olinick as a starter. Then we saw what's happening uh, with, with the team. We just see them in action, and immediately it was like, uh, you know what? Sorry. Never mind. You got you to gotta bring him off the bench. But you can stagger things. So he's, I think him as the first sub off the bench, maybe you bring him and Smart in at the same time at the seven-minute mark real quick and, and just start your rotations that way. This way, you might be able to even shuffle uh, Johnson in for Horford later, and you still get that staggered kind of rim protector there on the floor most, time, most of the, the game. So there is a way to do what we were talking about but just do it with a Linux coming off the bench and just timing the the rotations a little differently. So we can get more into that later. But I just it just popped up there and uh, thought it was really interesting that we both kind of immediately just said, "No, what? Nope, never mind. A Linux on the bench. We're going to do it that way." Uh, as far as Rozier's playmaking and Smart's playmaking, I'm going to point to Avery Bradley as an example of how much time it can actually take to see the game differently. Because Bradley is only now really starting to get some of that vision. Now, he was never really that level of a point guard anyway. But the fact is that Bradley has shown this preseason, when he's run some pick and rolls, the, sometimes the most important thing you can do is wait. Going back to that point of like slowing down and not going 100 miles an hour. Sometimes just taking a, an extra dribble drawing that defender, just kind of sucking it in and, and making sure that you're kind of, it's almost like drawing them further away to let your teammate get to that open spot. You're, you're kind of a decoy. You're, you're letting that double team kind of come towards you, taking the one extra dribble and then finding that opening before that double team actually closes in and finding, finding uh, your teammate. Bradley did it once. I forget which game. I think it was the first Hornets game. That he did it. Uh, but th- those are the types of things that come with experience where you almost let yourself get trapped to open up space on the floor and and find teammates that way. Chris Paul does that a lot. So uh, it's it's part of the progression. And that's Rozier's next step. Like this is this is a big did you just did curve. you just kind of put Avery Bradley's point guard skills in the same sentence with Chris Paul's point guard skills? I don't no, I, I think you did. I, I think you did. I, okay, technically in the same sentence, yep. but yep. not in comparison. Not in comparison. It's it's I, a skill. I enjoyed it though. It's a skill that Chris Paul uses quite well, <laughs> but I'm in no way pulling a Tommy Heinsohn and saying that Greg Steemsma is I mean, a Bill Bill Russell type shot blocker and Avery I don't know, man. is a Chris Paul type point guard. I don't know, man. He had 11 assists in over two preseason he games. He's dropping That's dimes. He is dropping dimes. Chris Paul comparison coming out of, <laughs> coming out of nowhere. 
Okay, then. Let's just calmly move on in a zen-like manner. Actually, I'm going to do this first. Let's, let's talk about our friends at SeatGeek. I know we talk about it a lot, but I only talk about it because it works. And I know that the, the season's coming up, and we've got a bunch of games here that you may not know which ones you want to go to, but if you download the SeatGeek app, and you take a peek at the different games in the schedule, and you, you want to get a, like a little tiebreaker. Do I want to go to the Clippers and watch Chris Paul try to learn from Avery Bradley as a point guard? Or do I want to go and watch another team? Like, do I want to go watch Brooklyn and, and watch our draft pick get better? Or do I want to watch Golden State? doesn't matter. You don't, want to, you don't want to go watch the Nets, man. Well, you know, sometimes in a weird way, you want to go see them maybe <laughs> beat up on, you know, you want to watch that team <laughs> flounder and watch that draft pick that draft stock go up whatever it is if you're trying to decide what you do is you download the SeatGeek app you click on the games and you can see on the app green yellow red dots you can kind of figure out which games are the cheapest because you don't have to do any work it's already on the app SeatGeek does all the work for you they do all the price comparison they search all of those other ticket sites to get you the best possible deal it saves you time it saves you money gets you the most bang for your buck you just download that app, click through, figure out what you can afford, where you want to sit. Maybe you find somebody that's really eager to sell and you get a good deal. They'll do that work for you. You could even do it last minute. You could be at work and you can decide, hey, I think I want to go to the game tonight. And while you're walking to the garden, buy your tickets. And if you do it and enter the promo code LOCELTICS, you download the app, go to the settings tab, click add a promo code, put in LOCELTICS, You'll get $20 back after you've made your first purchase. Very simple. Go download the SeatGeek app today. Enter the pro- promo code LOCELTICS, and you are in business. Okay. Back to the Zen Master. <laughs> Not Phil Jackson. No. Phil Austin, Jackson Jr., Gerald Green. Boston has its own Zen Master. RJ Hunter saying that Gerald Green is his Zen master and said, basically you live and die with whatever your game is. So RJ says, I'm just going to go out and shoot 33s in the next game and just kind of see how it goes. And if you don't like it, blame Gerald. He's the Zen master. He's got him going. (laughs) Gerald green, the Zen master, man. Uh... That is so weird to me. I know I said at the beginning of the podcast, just, I don't know if it's just the visual cue. I'm, I'm transported back to 2005 when Gerald Green was this teenager and I don't know he still he still looks the same he still looks pretty much exactly the same so I don't know I, I just I'm, I'm brought back to that time I don't know I can't get past the fact that he's the oldest guy in the locker room now and he's giving all this advice to people my, my favorite part about that was not only is he giving advice to people, but people come away from his advice saying, oh, I'm going to shoot 33s in the next game. Like, <laughs> that's the because type of advice Daryl Green is handing out advice. to these youngsters. Yes. I, I love that. I love that. I, I need a Zen master, too. I need a Zen master. <laughs> you, yes. Like you need any help shooting 30 shots in a game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't need I don't need much encouragement to let it fly. I'll tell you that much. 
<laughs> well, it's interesting that Gerald Green has grown into this role. I know you, you and, and Sam Jam Packard talked about Gerald a little bit in yesterday's show, but it's interesting to see that not only is he going to have a potential role as Mr. Spurtability off the bench, but he's the guy that young kids, our youngest players, are going to and saying, hey, you know, what do you think? And look, he's got a lot of experience. He's played for a lot of teams. He's played in multiple countries. He's gone through D-League. He's gone through summer leagues trying to hook on. He's gone through it all in the NBA. And so he probably has a lot of really good advice, actually. At least at least some stories that you can look at and and learn from. Yeah, you got to learn how to shoot 33s. Uh, while we're on the topic <laughs> of Joe Green... Someone tweeted us a, a, a pretty good question, I thought. At Zippity A, Zippity A, who is the better player right now, Gerald Green or Jalen Brown? Oh, um, I'm going to say G- uh, Gerald Green because, yeah. I mean, I don't, just because of the experience and the at least understanding of what the game involves. And, yeah. Shooting you know, 33s, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's clearly what the game needs is more threes <laughs> from R.J. Hunter and Gerald Green. But seriously, I mean, look, he's going to go let it fly. Gerald Green is not shy. He's not going. He's not there to be a facilitator. You know, leave that to Avery, Chris Paul, Bradley. You just go out there and <laughs> shoot the ball, Gerald Green. That's what he does. They need scoring off the bench, and he's going to be the guy that does it. But or one of the guys that does it. But it, it it won't take long for Jalen Brown to surpass Gerald Green. It just hasn't happened yet. No, right? Because he's yeah. he's got the talent, he's got the skills, he plays m- more positions, he's as athletic, and but he'll yeah, it, it'll take a season, and he might even surpass him in season. But he look, Jalen still needs to work on that jumper. He still still needs to get that down, and so and he still needs to. We're, we're talking about what he's done in the preseason against we're about preseason. We're talking, yeah, man. <laughs> we're talking about game, <laughs> but he hasn't gone up against any real great players yet. And the the decent hey, players hey, that Frank he's Kaminsky, faced, man, Frank Kaminsky, man. But right, but still, he's he was um, he he was out there getting torched against the Hornets, and they're not going to be great. He still has to go out there and face top-notch talent in, in, in actual NBA regular season games. So he's got a lot to learn. And so Gerald, like I said, he's got a lot of experience. He's been through the wars. He's, he at least is not going to be surprised and flustered by things. And Jalen Brown is going to have mistakes. He's going to bite on up fakes so hard that he almost goes through the backboard. Like that, that stuff's going to happen. So he needs the experience first before he can surpass Gerald Green as far as quality of player. But the potential is extremely high. And by the end of the season, he could be better than Gerald. I'm with you. Uh also, if, if any of you guys want to send us questions, hashtag Rain and Jays. Send it to us. Send us send us tweets. Send us your reaction to the game. Send us your reaction to our podcast. 
Send us send us photoshops. We we need the listeners to step up the hashtag Rain and Jays. I I need I need some funny stuff coming in. I need some great questions. I think hashtag Rain and Jays should be the greatest hashtag of all time. It should constantly be trending. It should yeah. be at at least at least trending in Boston. At the very least, be trending in Boston. But I mean, worldwide at some point. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think it should be always the number one trend. Hashtag Rain and Jays. Hashtag forever, Jays. forever the number one trend. <laughs> We're working on that. We're working on that. Uh, before we go, let's let's look at the draft and stash. Ante Zizic. Zizic. The big Z with 37 ah, points. That's the Drunas Ogowskis' nickname, isn't it? We can't give him big Z. I'm giving it to him. Mighty Z. Mighty, Mighty Z. Z. The Mighty Z. Anti up. Eh, I, I kind of like that. Come on. That could be his like entrance music. MOP? Anti up? I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. But 37 points and 20 rebounds for Ante Zizic, who's still 19 in a Croatian game. So, Ante Zizic, man, he's not he's not a super athletic guy. He's not like the most skilled guy, but he's big, he's strong, and he gets to the hoop and yeah. he finishes. Right, he's his stats right now are outrageous for a 19 year old, especially. The Adriatic League isn't like the greatest league in the world, but it's produced some some real really good pros: Jokic, Nurkic, Pekovic, uh, Dario Saric. Produced some legit NBA players over the past five years, and his numbers compare favorably to everyone. Right now, he's averaging 24 points, 10 rebounds, shooting 70% from the field. It's just silly. It's just silly what Ante Zizic is doing early in the season. Well, Very yeah. promising stuff from the 19-year-old. Sure, sure. You have him. You've got Gershon Yabusele. That is... You just had to say the name. You just wanted to say the name. just found a reason to sneak that sucker in there. You Look, you've got... Uh, Amir Johnson, who may not be back next year. Tyler Zeller probably won't be back next year. Kelly Olenek, also a restricted free agent. Restricted free agent. You never know how that's going to work out. You've got two guys, young guys, promising guys, right there just kind of waiting for their chance. Maybe, Maybe that's just what the future is for the Celtics. If he's out there dropping almost 40 and 20, that's at least promising. And you know maybe maybe this draft ends up being a lot better than we thought it was going to be. I mean, officially, we we don't know what this draft ultimately will be for the Celtics. But Jalen Brown, the pick that was booed because it was traded, but because it wasn't traded, but still that pick was booed. He could end up being really good. Yabusele, Zizic. I mean, th- those are guys that could end up being contributors down the line to some degree. I mean, rotation guys, maybe, I don't know. I mean, we, we have to wait like three or four or five years before we figure out if this draft was any good. Yeah. And it could take that long for Jalen Brown to start to develop into what he's going to be. So we, we actually got one question from a reader uh, at Mikhail McSee. If you could transform into Ainge and travel back in time a few months, who would you take at 16 instead of Yabusele? 
Come on, man. You, you, we can't be doing already a redraft, redraft already. We already did this the redraft has, before the draft. He hasn't, even, <laughs> he hasn't even played an NBA game yet. Let's, let's see what happens. Calm down a little bit. Take a deep breath. Woosa, woosa, and <laughs> see what see what happens, man. This, this, kid, this kid could be legit. The dancing bear dunking on fools in like in a practice in China. So, Yabusle could be legit. Zizic could be legit, and Jalen Brown is going to be at least good. So, how about this? I, At sixteen, maybe I would have taken Zizic, and Yabusle would have fallen to twenty three. <laughs> love it. Lo- I love. I love that answer. Yeah, we definitely we. If if John and I were in charge, we would have definitely just just flopped the order. Just flopped the order. Yeah. yeah. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so well, we'll see. We'll see how all that turns out. But hey, look, it's it's pretty nice. It's pretty promising stuff to see our guy put up big numbers overseas. It doesn't really necessarily mean anything in the long term, but it might. So, okay. Hey, reminder, guys, go download that SeatGeek app. Put in the promo code LO Celtics. Buy yourself a set of tickets to anything. Doesn't even have to be the Celtics. Could be whatever, a show. Is there a concert nearby that you want to go to? Go check it out. Put in that promo code LO Celtics. You get 20, bu- 20 bucks back off of your first purchase. Also, also, also shout out to Big Poppy, man. Ugh. We're recording this, this podcast later than usual because we both wanted to watch the Red Sox and. Poppy's career is done. That is a That's very sad. sad thing. That's really, really sad. There, there will never be a clutcher man. Ever. Ever. Yeah. So salute salute to Poppy. One yeah. of the best to ever do it. It's just an amazing career. An amazing career. And I thank you for bringing a few World Series to Boston, man. I mean, that's really – that's the beginning of Titletown. That is just – well, the Patriots were the beginning of title town, but I mean, really it didn't officially start until the Red Sox started winning world championships. Uh, so yeah, just an amazing run and just amazing stretch. It blows my mind that there are people now that are teenagers or going into college, uh, graduating from college and they don't remember Boston as being this like hard luck sports town. They just think of Boston as being this awesome sports town. Back when Gerald Green was here the first time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before so, he became the Zen master. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So thanks, Poppy. And, you know, hopefully hopefully we see you around Boston a little bit more. But This I is un- our fucking city. This is actually, Poppy, this is your fucking city. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Please visit uh, the other Locked On podcast shows, uh, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy, Locked On whatever other team you may be interested in. If you have other teams that you want to keep in touch with, by all means, we got shows for all of them. Search them. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, please do. Uh, Search Locked On Celtics, Rain and Jays, and you will find us. You can subscribe if you haven't rated us. I know some of you have tweeted us and said, do we have to keep hearing about the rating? Please rate. Yes, yes. Because some people haven't. And thank you if you did. I really appreciate that. I know we really appreciate that. Helps get the word out. Gets us rising up in the rankings. And our world podcast domination dream gets one step closer. So by all means, keep on doing that. And I want to thank everybody for listening. 
This has been the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 